Welcome to Reading Makes You Better in Bed, a podcast where we tell you what to read, what to watch, and stuff about our relationship you didn't know you wanted to know. I'm Laura. I'm Amy. And we run Secret Book Stuff, a monthly book subscription and a club you actually want to be in. Hi, everybody. It is me, Laura Kebby, and I'm here with you with Amy Lovett, and we're both from Secret Book Stuff. Hello. Look, it's us recording another podcast episode. Because for the first time in what seems like about a billion years, it is finally sunny outside. And yes, I do feel guilty that it's sunny outside, and yet here we are in a dark wardrobe. We'll <laughs> more on that later. But that's okay, but we, we are with you, dear listeners, and we're ready to chat books, pop culture, and gay stuff once again. Gay stuff! So yeah, confession time. The reason we haven't been able to release another episode in about a month is because of the seriously abysmal weather we've had here and all throughout New South Wales and Queensland actually. So I guess we just want to take this moment to send a whole bunch of love to those who've been affected by the floods these past few weeks. It's honestly horrible. I mean, we're so lucky that the worst that's happened to us is that we couldn't record podcasts because of the relentless rain being so damn loud on the tin roof of our country cottage. And also that everything is, like, constantly damp and it's just a bit depressing. But, yeah, it's tragic what's happened on the mid-north coast. In light of that, we also donated some books to Blackfella Book Club, who were opening a pop-up book and coffee situation in Lismore, and unfortunately they lost all of their donations in the floods. Mm. We also donated a box of books to the Lismore Public Library. Um, So as far as I know, I believe that both of them are still taking donations as well. So make sure you head to both the Newcastle Writers Festival Instagram and our Instagram for details. And the Blackfella Book Club Instagram as well. They have their address on there. So anyway... Laura, a few things have happened since our last episode um, that we really need to update everyone on. So last episode, if you recall, Laura Kebby, we talked about the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. Um, And I remember we asked ourselves whether we would watch another season. Do you remember what we said? Yes, I said yes, and you had said no, and you were shocked uh, at my, my like, you know, enthusiasm to watch another season. Because you were the one who was most mad about it while we were yeah. watching it. Um, so, well, as we all know now, it's actually been renewed for another season, and I think I'll change my answer. I will obviously watch <laughs> the new season. But more importantly, one of our favourite podcasts of all time, which we have talked about incessantly on Instagram, Sentimental in the City is back. Which is a bigger surprise that that podcast is back than, you know, just like that is being renewed for season two. Oh my god, totally, because they were really like, we're not doing the new reboot, we're not going to do, like, yeah, we're done forever. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, so Caroline O'Donoghue and Dolly Alderton recorded a podcast and miniseries back in 2021 all about their deep, deep love of Sex and the City, and now they're recapping and discussing and just like that. The first episode is two hours long. Amy, do you think that it will make us want to watch it again? Yeah, this is a question that we talked about in the car when we started listening to it together. Um, And I want to say, yeah, I think yes. I think yes. I think it will make us want to watch it again. And I think that we will genuinely watch it again with Carolyn O'Donoghue and Dolly Alderton in our ears. But, you know, most, most importantly... I talk about anything, to be honest. I know, <laughs> me too. And I think a lot of people feel that way, which is yeah. why they came back. Um, but the other thing is that they mentioned that podcast, the Writer's Room podcast from And Just Like That, and that they listened to that. And I, I actually think I might listen to that podcast. That was the funniest part of the first episode of Sentimental yeah. City about Just Like That, to be honest. When they're, like, impersonating Michael Patrick King, yeah. who cries at himself and his own, yeah. like... <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God, it's just so good. 
Anyway, um... On today's episode, we're going to give you actually a little update on our life in the country. Despite all of the rain, how much we're still loving it, and we're also going to talk about two reality shows that we recently became a bit obsessed with. But first, Amy, what have you been reading lately? Okay, I'm so glad you asked that, Laura, because I've been reading a lot, as you know. know. Actually, I take that back. I have been starting a lot of books and buying a lot of books um, that I have been reading. But when I was thinking about this, I realized that I've only really finished in in, in their entirety a couple of books, but I've started really? about 20. Yeah, I've been under the impression this whole time that you've been, like, churning through books. Oh, well, I have in a way. I take back any internal praise that I sent you away that I didn't say out loud. That is incredibly <laughs> rude. I'm very upset by that statement. Um, anyway, carry on. What have you been reading? Carry on me. Um, so I actually had to reread two books recently um, from 2021, which is not something I would usually do in such quick succession because I just have so many books to get through. But I did reread Love and Virtue by Diana Reed, which I mentioned in um, the first podcast episode of this year, which is like a – that was my favourite book of 2021. And I also read Wild Abandon by Emily Bitto because I interviewed them both at the Newcastle Writers' Festival – uh, the other weekend on a Toxic Truths panel, which was amazing. So I haven't talked about Wild Abandon on this podcast yet, and I'll give you a little recap of it because, Laura, I think that you should definitely read it too, mm-hmm. which you will be. I mean, maybe, if I'm convinced to be read by you. Okay. But, you know, here we go. I mean, all right, sell it to me. Why okay. should I read Wild Abandon? Okay, so Wild Abandon follows Will, and he's a young 20-something guy who reminds me a lot of Laura. <laughs> Just jokes. Well, yeah, kind of. Um, he flees Melbourne when so he masculine. <laughs> he flees Melbourne when he has his heart broken by a girl. Incidentally, the girl is named Laura, by oh, the way. Classic. Um, and he travels to New York City, and he's intent on a kind of like hero's journey road trip across the country, like Route sixty six, etc. Um, and when he's in the city, he goes on a massive bender, and he quickly runs out of money, and then he finds himself himself in a small town in Ohio where he picks up some, like, cash-in-hand work with a Vietnam veteran named Wayne Gage who runs a private exotic zoo, which is full of, like, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. (laughs) And so you have been saying to me, oh, are you reading that Tiger King book again? Because obviously it sounds very Tiger King-esque. That's usually how I refer to the books that you're reading. I give them some sort of nickname. (laughs) Yeah, and this is the Tiger King book. And no, it's not based on Tiger King. Like, it's not based on Joe Exotic. It is based on another real character, um, like a real-life person Mm -hmm. In the US, who had a private exotic zoo, but I won't tell you the name because I don't want you to Google it and have the ending. And find the ending. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you just get a text message? <laughs> How dare you? So unprofessional. Um, no, but seriously, turn that off. <laughs> I will say, like, cutting there as well, that I do, you know, that I give the books nicknames that you're reading. I also give the authors nicknames that you're reading. So shout out to Emily Bitto, who is known in this household as Embo. Embo, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, because whenever you say that, um, I think you're talking about my sister, whose name is Emma, and we literally call her Embo, because yeah. that's just been her nickname since I was a child. Uh, anyway, that is a little tangent. Um, what else are you reading? 
Okay, so one book that I did read in its entirety recently, so I'm quite proud of that, is Echolalia by Bryony Doyle. Love Bryony Doyle. Oh my gosh, it was so incredible. And usually, as you know, I churn and burn. Like, I churn through books. Mm, relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say. I was like, damn, why did I say churn and burn? Um, I churn through books very quickly. Mm, but this one, I did not. I savoured it. I read it really, really slowly over a couple of months because... Like, it was just quite heavy, but it's also something that I wanted to absorb um, mm. because it was less for me about the story and more about the environment and the way that it's written. So it's kind of like a little bit noir, but it's set in contemporary times in maybe like a not-too-distant future where climate change has like completely wreaked havoc on the country and there's a lot about that kind of environmental stuff in there and it's set in a small town with a huge class divide and... It's all about, like, it's so the, the book is split into two parts that kind of interchange, and it's mm-hmm. the before and the after. And the yeah. after is some kind of, like, huge family tragedy that I won't ruin. Um, but it's all about, like, motherhood and mania and womanhood and mental health and the environment. And it's, like, yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, you've been a fan of Bryony Doyle since, you know, for a long, long time now. Mm-hmm. I have. Adult Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite books of all time. Well, we should talk about that in a future episode Um, as well in more detail. But yeah, so those are two books that I haven't talked about on the podcast yet that I definitely recommend. Mm. Um, I have also churned through a few lighter reads on my Kindle, like when I was in hospital recently, but I think I'll save them for another episode because like, you know, when I was talking about my summer reads a few episodes ago, those are those like quick Kindle reads that I kind of like take to the beach with me and stuff. And these were, you know, my hospital reads, which is actually (laughs) my compression sock hospital reads is actually kind of like a new um, genre genre of book for me. (laughs) And I will just round this out by saying that I'm also listening to 10 Steps to Nanette. Yeah. By Hannah Gadsby, which just, just came just out. Just Hannah Gadsby read it? Yeah, of mm. course. And it just came out last week, and I adore Hannah Gadsby, and I loved Nanette, and if you haven't watched it yet, definitely watch it on Netflix. And this is a book that she has written um, that's sort of like about the making of Nanette, but also about her life, and mm. it's really, really good. So Amazing. Yeah. What have you been reading? Well, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I am once again hiking the Larapinta Trail. Um, I'm taking my dad this time, so obviously the only thing that I'm thinking about and reading about is, of course, hiking, um, much to Amy's dismay. And <laughs> um, I also have my sights on doing a section of the PCT next year. Drop the bomb, Amy. Get on board, sweetie. <sighs> <laughs> um so I've been reading lots and lots of books about hiking, lots of books about America, lots of books about so many different things. Can I just jump in here? Okay, go on. Thanks. All right. So with this whole PCT thing, so <laughs> Laura is currently obsessed with the Pacific Crest Trail, which yeah. is, you know, commonly known as the PCT on the western side of America. It's yes. a walk that goes from Mexico all the way up to Canada. Mm-hmm. And it's famous from Wild by Cheryl Strayed a.k.a. the movie that came out starring Reese Witherspoon, which I loved because I love a movie like that about a woman who's, you know, on a journey. And you refused to watch it for so long because you thought you would hate it. And I just want to say I told you so. 
Okay, I, you loved it, and I then you became obsessed with and the then, PCT, and now you're going to go hike it. Yeah, good and I on you. I read the book. I read the book as well. You, did you listen to the I book? I listened to yeah. it. Yeah. Whilst I was working at a law firm, which I won't name and shame here, but, you know. Oh, took, my God, you should. It took a piece of my no, soul, and also, you know, that was what really saved me during those days from my trip to the office and the post office and back. I would listen to that book. And that trip usually took me about an hour when it should have taken me about seven minutes. So. Do you, can I ask you a question here? I yeah. can't believe I've never asked you that before. When you were working in the law firm, yes, could you listen to, like, could you have your pods in? No, because I was either behind the reception desk. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was, in fact, a legal receptionist. <laughs> and then feels like so long ago. I graduated, quote-unquote, quote to being a legal secretary. And it was a very old-school firm, so in this case, a legal secretary basically meant I typed letters. So I was listening to a 75-year-old man all day, oh, every day. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I didn't have yeah. any option to listen to anything else. But Interesting, because I feel like a lot of, with the AirPods now, a lot of people could get away with li- listening to audiobooks at work if they don't yeah. have to talk to other people too much or whatever. Um, and it just reminded me of that time when we hired someone to help us work in the shop and she had her AirPods in the whole time when she was supposed to be talking to customers. <laughs> so basically that was you in the law firm. Yeah. Anyway, what else are you reading? Um, so you actually caught me off guard the other day because I'd been listening to a book which was like, I don't know, I think it was like a 13-hour long book and I was right at the very end. So this book is called Journeys North um, by Barney Scout Man and it's basically an entire, like, you know, journey from start to finish on the PCT, but he pulls in other hikers and he, you know, asks for their personal journals and it's a lot about the behind the scenes of their lives and why they're hiking it and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's a very emotional book. I didn't think that I would like it at the start because, you know, like I was kind of like, oh, you're always looking for the next great, you know, hiking kind of memoir. Like, nothing comes close to wild, by the way. But Who's for- looking for the next great hiking like memoir. most people in oh the world. really Mo- like are, most, are we yeah Am I? most people in the world are always <laughs> looking for the next great hiking memoir I, so, I mean if you're a fan of wild and you're like what can i read next you know it's it's tough laura waters who wrote that book about new zealand um how she walked bewildered the, yep so mm-hmm. how she walked um the long trail in new zealand that is very close to wild as well um, and Laura Waters does, like, some amazing writing in the hiking community, if you ever paid attention. Um, <laughs> but in terms of this book, Journeys North, like, I got, I was right at the very end. And oh, I had this is when you cried. Yeah, I had, I had about oh, sorry, 30, did I ruin? I had about 30 minutes left of this book to go. And, you know, we were driving. Amy was kind of, like, half napping. I just picked her up, back up from surgery. And I didn't want to talk to her because, quite frankly, I'm pretty sick of her. And so I was hoping that she was going to sleep. Anyway, but that's not true. Um, I just want to put that out there. That's not true. Amy was very tired and I had my like one of my pods in because I didn't want to have anything loud on the radio that would disturb her sleep because she was exhausted after surgery. And I started listening to this book. You know, I had my 30 minutes to go and I was like bawling my eyes out, like softly crying wow. into the corner. And you kind of woke up and I was just like, my bottom lip was like quivering because I was so like emotionally into the book when they finished the hike. It was such a journey. Oh my God. So that's, you know, definitely one thing that I've been reading and loving at the moment. Okay. Are you reading anything that is not hiking books? 
Um, yes, yeah, so Ultralight Backpacking Tips by Mike Clellan. Damn it. I should have said, are you reading anything that is not backpacking and or hiking and or wilderness books? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I also picked up a copy of Heartsick by Jesse Stevens. Even though we already have this book, I just want to give a shout out to Jesse Stevens because I know that she's hanging out for this podcast to come out. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Jokes. Um, but we were very lucky enough to meet Jesse at the Newcastle Writers Festival and hear her speak at the opening night. And I mean, that lineup of people who spoke so Clementine Ford, Trent Dalton, like so many amazing people. Mm, Hannah spoke. Kent, Nadi Simpson. Yeah, so many people spoke at that, you know, um, like opening night. But it was Jesse's story that really got me. And I don't know why. I mean, like, I know why. It's a little bit hiking related. And I it's totally because she it. was in the Northern Territory yeah. hiking when she broke her leg. And, and that's what captured that, you. And then, so anyway, I, it was a great speech, though. And so we already had her book. I think we've probably already got two copies of her book. Probably. But at the Writers Festival, I picked up another copy just so I could get her to sign and so I could talk to her and be like, wow, thank you so much. You know what? I'm a bit dirty about that because you I was. the just, opportunity. Yeah, I was distracted talking to someone else when Laura just went and bought a copy of Heartsick and then had it signed. And it says dear laura yeah and i just think that's rude because i'm the one who read and loved that book and voted it as one of my top 10 of 2021 and then you get a signed copy but also it is our fault slash my fault for not pre-preparing we should have taken all of our books by the authors who were going to be at the festival to the festival to sign them but instead we ended up just buying a whole bunch of new books supporting the book industry which yeah yeah it is good And I will, you know, round this out by one other thing that I've also been reading um, by David Thorne, which I coincidentally ordered online, but it never arrived. It never arrived. No, I ordered it online for Christmas for you. Yeah, and it never arrived. I'm reading a book called Deadlines Don't Care If Janet Doesn't Like Her Photo by David Thorne. And so I really love that as a freelancer, as a copywriter, I really relate to that wholeheartedly. Um, And it's actually a little bit different, this book. It's kind of like his diary through covid to be quite honest, like Ooh. it's a bit more, it's a lot more subdued than his other books. It's not just like frivolity in the office because there wasn't a lot of office time. So True. it's a lot of like diary and like Zoom kind of, you know, um, hearing about what, how they, you know, conduct a Zoom and how they conduct a visual meetings over Zoom. But then also. But is it still know, as funny? It is still as funny, but there's some bits that like are a lot more hard hitting and he talks, mm. you know, he's based in America. So the COVID situation over there was a lot different than it was here. And I think, you know, he lives in quite a contentious part of America. Like, you know, I'm somewhere along the Bible Belt, perhaps. Um, and, you know, there were lots of different opinions going on about COVID. And oh. he was just like, can't everyone just stay home so we can get over this? But, you know. That sounds cool. It's great. It's and also book. reminded me of something that I should have mentioned that I listened to and loved in the recent months. Um through the keyhole by Louis Theroux. Yeah. And he reads it and I love his voice. And that was very similar in terms of like it was his diary during COVID for yeah. like 18 months from the beginning of 2020 to middle of 2021, I think. And it's in the UK. So the COVID situation was very different. Mm-hmm. And also I, I did find when I was listening to it, especially the earlier part of the book, when the whole world first goes into lockdown, it made me feel, and there was all this like stuff about everyone's like washing their hands and everyone's yeah. social distancing and we were like listening to that. We were still wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. And I just it was a like bit cute, really. Yeah, like, I was thinking about part. it, and I was like, oh, I actually miss those early days of COVID when yeah. it was just all about washing your hands and keeping your distance and baking bread. And yes, yeah, so that was really good. Through the keyhole by Louis Theroux. Anyway, enough about books. Let's talk reality TV. I'm ready. Laura, did you know that love is blind? 
Amy, will you be my Byron Bay? Absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, Welcome everybody to the pop culture segment of Reading Makes You Better in Bed, where we basically talk smack about what we're loving and thinking about in the moment and in the world of pop culture. Mm, Today we're talking about two reality TV shows that we recently binged and kind of disagree on. So, Laura, let's have it out. Um, I'm going to start with you. Tell me why the fuck you watched the entirety of Byron Bay's. Okay, look, I'm going to preface this by giving a little bit of an insight into this third segment of this podcast by saying that Amy works in Sydney probably half the week, more than half the week a lot of the time. So I'm at home, you know, I'm not, I, I have no supervision around what I watch on TV. And so once I have exhausted all of my hiking videos on YouTube, (laughs) all of the notifications that have gone, which doesn't happen a lot because it's hiking season in the US and there's like thousands of minutes of of video, I tend to gravitate towards reality TV and or crime reenactment shows where, you know, if somebody's been like murdered or something bad has happened or like their neighbour has turned on them or whatever and it goes to like grainy black and white footage when they're doing some sort of like stabbing reenactment that is my vibe (laughs) especially when I'm away because it's like yes I can finally stretch out and have the couch to myself and watch something that I want I can't believe you can watch that stuff when I'm away like I need to I wouldn't be able to do that because I'd just start thinking that someone was going to break down the door and stab me in my sleep I mean it might make my life a bit more interesting interesting when you're away and I'd have a good story to tell when you came back yeah but I wouldn't be there to save you Oh, come on. I mean, that's a whole other segment in itself. <laughs> who would say who? Anyway, so I did watch Byron Bay's, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my friend Ali in this segment because I saw Byron Bay's as the title. I spoke to you about it, even though you watched the first episode without me. So technically, I watched the entire show out of spite because you watched the first episode without me. Well, that's a different twist on things, but <laughs> it is true that I watched the first episode yeah. without you, and that's only because... I saw it dropped that night when I was in Sydney after yep. a long day at work, and then I had no idea that you yep. had any interest in watching it. So, And then so I spoke to Ali about it after watching the first episode, and I was like, oh, my God, you are going to love the show. Please tell me you've watched it. And she's like, I've already finished it. And so that kind of definitely spurred me on into watching it. And I hate watched it in terms like it's very cringeworthy, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But I finished the whole thing. And I kind of, at the end of it, I kind of wanted a second season to come out. Oh my gosh. This really worries me because the thing is that, yes, you like your bad crime reenactment shows and all that yes. stuff. But when it comes to reality TV, we don't really watch much of it. But if anyone's going to watch it, it's going to be me, right? Yeah. Like, I I'm not really usually watch The Bachelor. Most because I work in reality TV too. So, like, a good portion of my day sure, is yeah. watching reality TV interviews. That makes sense. Know? Um did you know that Netflix is calling it the first Australian reality show? Is that true? Or is it Netflix's first Australian reality show? I'd say that it's, like, the one that's exclusive to Netflix. Because, oh, like, okay. you know, like, you think about all of the reality shows that are being coined here. Like, Married at First Sight, I'm pretty sure, was coined in Australia by Animal Shine. So I don't know, you know, but I, I think that it's different because... I think this is the problem I had with it, which we've talked about, mm. is that... Usually, I would think I thought that I was going to watch the first episode and then hate watch the whole thing, yeah, like everyone else did. But I was just like, no, I actually cannot watch this. Like, I, I yeah. do not want to. I do not care. And I think it's because to me, there didn't seem to be any point to it. Like, there was no challenge. There, there was, was no, no like. Point. 
There was and it no just, point. It was just annoying because I felt like it was so scripted and fake. Yeah. There was no point. And, the, you know, the best part about reality TV is when you see a storyline build and you, like, you can see all of the producer interviews, you know the questions they're asking, you can see this narrative build. Even though it's real, there are still stories embedded in that and that's why things are entertaining. That's why we watch, you know, we watch things like... Married at First Sight because we get invested in the characters. We want to see what they're going to do in this strange, weird, crazy environment. Think about everything that's happened with Olivia at Married at First Sight and all of the backlash that she has faced, but everybody's attention was focused on her because of the way that show was produced. In terms of Byron Bay's, there was no freaking storyline. It was just okay, a hot so that's mess. Confirmed. It was a hot mess of, like, privileged, like, people semi-famous on Instagram, you know, like, bitching about each other and, like, fighting over a girl and then, like, crying and, like, each of them getting their little, like, chance in the spotlight to show, like, their art show or their fashion show or their, like, ridiculous ceramic full-size mermaid sculpture. Oh, I did read something about the the chica who was the... um, the climate influencer or like the ocean influencer and she had like her um fundraising kind of awareness event about cleaning up the oceans and she served tuna yeah that's weird yeah did 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 they do that on purpose i'm confused i didn't think it was that weird because i feel like that's just who she was like that's just who she you can't say that you don't know her i don't know her but like i'm to be quite honest i'm quite thankful that i don't um, after watching oh, that's the show. harsh. But you don't know. Like, you don't know how they've been edited and everything. You should know this. You work in reality TV. But anyway, so I listened to a Shameless podcast um, recap of Byron Bay's, and they were talking about the fact that Byron Bay's was kind of, you can tell that it is created for an American audience. And that made me understand it a little bit more about why yeah. it was the way that it was. And I was also super confused because I saw a Guardian article that said, it rated it four stars and four said stars. a compelling in yeah sounds a, com- a compelling compulsive and terrifying kind of binge and there's this really interesting quote I'm gonna read it to you because I want to hear your thoughts on it given that you actually watched the show mm-hmm. rather than featuring people who want to use reality TV as a gateway to the influencer industry Byron Bay's foregrounds those who already consider themselves influencers or at least influencer adjacent Hmm. or artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, business owners, models on a spiritual journey and more, sorry. There's none of that thin layer of pretense of being here for the right reasons, like on The Bachelor. Yeah. The cast is aware from the beginning that they're being watched by us. They have invited our scrutiny, which makes it even more delectable when they still manage to make themselves look shallow, vainglorious, superstitious and foolish. They asked for this. They did. I just don't know, though, did they? Like, it just seems such a weird thing to put yourself through. Like, why would you put yourself in this situation of being in this show where you are basically pretending to be an influencer? Like, I know some of them are kind of influencers, but that's the other thing that I was confused about. When I watched that first episode, Mm. when it first aired, I, like, searched them all on Instagram. Yeah. And heaps of them had, like... I don't know, 3,000 followers or something, that does not an influencer make. Yeah, because now they have heaps, though. You've got to think about it. All of the controversy surrounding this show, these weren't the first people that they approached. Surely not. They would have, like, I mean, there's so many influencers living in Byron. Well, that's the thing. Like, I actually follow quite a few Byron Bay influencers, as you know, and 
there are so many of those people that I would have much preferred to watch on TV. And that's probably just because I already follow them and I'm already curious about their lives and I don't know who the hell any of these people are. No, I don't think anyone really did until after Byron Bay's. So isn't that then saying that they did go on the show to become influencers based on the show, but, like, what the Guardian article is saying is different. Yeah, I mean, in a way, but then also in their minds, they are the influencers, you know? These are social media creators and content creators and all of these kind of things. Like, you know, you think about Jade Kevin Foster, for example, who the the person who who invented their own fake tan and all of this kind of stuff. I have no idea what you're talking about. They think that they're (laughs) these, like, hectic, crazy, wonderful... Is that the one who met a Kardashian or something? Yes. Yeah. And that's how they blew up. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm bored talking about Byron Bay. I'm so bored too. Yeah, Can we I'm move so on, please? I mean, when we talk about reality TV, there's Byron Bay's one end of the shitstorm spectrum, but then there's also something like Love Is Blind. Oh my god, Love Is Blind. Okay, I'm really excited to talk about this because I have a very special relationship with Love Is Blind, and that is only because it was one of the first shows that I binged as comfort watching in the very first 2020 COVID lockdown right? Like everyone else who went into lockdown around the world was watching Love is Blind. So I watched it too. So I have fond memories of that Mm. time. Um, It's also got the same producers as The Bachelor and Married at First Sight, which I've never watched, but like, I think that it has a bit of shtick. Like there is a point to it. It, There's like a challenge, you know, like there's something to it. And I think that's why it's, more enjoyable for me to watch because you can get invested. Storytelling. You're invested in the characters and their journey. Obviously. And I I also love psychoanalyzing everybody and being like, he didn't, yeah. he didn't mean that. <laughs> she didn't mean that. Yeah. They're not going to last. Like, it's just so much fun to do that from your lounge room. And obviously the show is awfully heterosexual and the premise is that um, love is blind. So they are all, if you've never watched it before... Basically, it's kind of like a speed dating situation at first where, like, 15 men and 15 women from the same, like, area. So I think Mm. this last season was Chicago. Yeah. Um, They all, like, go on this speed dating thing, which is in pods. So they can't see each other. They can only hear each other. Mm -hmm. And they all carry around this little notebook and they're obviously taking notes and, like, crossing people off their list. And, like, then you can start to decide that you want to have longer dates with certain people and you can, like, request dates with people and then you get to know them. And I also like that the show moves really fast. So in the very first episode, you know, usually like in The Bachelor and stuff, it's like everyone's just getting to know the characters and they have like a cocktail party and everyone's like hanging out. Yeah. But in Love is Blind, what you have to do is the the man has to propose to someone without ever seeing them yeah. and admit they love them and fall in love with them and propose to them. And then only once they've proposed are they allowed, and then she accepts, are they allowed to see each other for the first time? Mm. And then they have this, like, you know, big reveal where they see each other and they get to kiss. (laughs) (laughs) And then... um, and then they go, and so all the couples, like, so not all of the couples, there's not, like, 15 couples. There'll probably be, like, six or seven maybe. Mm-hmm. And then they um, go on, like, a kind of pre-honeymoon. So this time they yeah. went to Mexico for, like, a romantic holiday where they obviously get to have the thirth. <laughs> and then, um, if they want to. And then they have three weeks till the wedding. So then they move in together. Yeah. Like, literally move in together into an apartment or whatever. Like, just combine all their stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in the lead up to the wedding and then they get married but then they can like they're at the altar and that's when they say yes, yes or, no. or no so like they're engaged they've planned the wedding 
she's wearing a white gown and then they're standing up there and then that's when they declare whether or not they're actually going to for real get married. Yeah. And it's real. Like, they really do get married if they say yes. So um, that's the premise of the show and you get really invested. And you even got invested because I, I started invested, watching it yeah. without you and then you kind of came in maybe halfway through, would you say? Yeah. And then you, like, you hadn't even seen the first few episodes but you still got invested and then yeah. it was, like, our thing together, which was really fun. Yeah. Um. But, so you see the difference? I can definitely see the difference because I feel like, you know, that whole bit about Love is Blind really wanting to get into the nitty-gritty of the show, mm-hmm. like they don't want to drag out the pod bit. Like that that is a very big trend in TV from the network right. at the moment. They yeah, sorry. Get... That's what I was going to say yeah. before. In the first episode, someone, at least one person, will propose in the very first episode yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, this is moving so quickly. But it's because yeah. the pods bit isn't the most important bit. It's like... No. Getting to know each other and leading up to the wedding, that's the important bit. And people want to see action. They want Mm. action things to be happening every episode. They want to be impressed by every episode. They need to, you know, like, have a reason to watch each Mm. episode. But I feel like the difference between Love is is Blind and Byron Bay's is, like, A, structure. And B, Mm. I feel like any Australian watching Australian reality TV, we're always going to cringe a bit. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is American. We're always going to cringe a bit. And I think that us watching Americans on TV... It's very easy to have this distance. Be like, oh, look at these bloody yanks on TV. You know, like, it's not about we're not, you know, looking at someone going, "Hi, my name's Olivia. Nice to meet you." Oh my god! At first sight, like, you why know, do you like... always do that weird accent? No, I know what you mean though, and I you think like I do get it. And want to go it... down to the fish and chip shop and grab a shake? <laughs> Stop <Okay>. it! <laughs> I think it my is. audition for Home and Away is coming the mail. Oh my god. I think it is interesting that it is American. It, like, makes it seem a little bit almost like it could be a fictional show um, and we can have fun watching it. But um, we have two – there's two couples from the 2020 season and two couples from the 2022 season that are still together at the moment. Don't spoil it for anybody who hasn't. No, I'm not going to say who they are. I don't remember their names. Like, I'm not that obsessed with the show. But I just want to say, like, I think that – Love is blind. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm not fully convinced about that. But I do think it's an interesting premise. Like, other than The Bachelor's just like, oh, let's all just, like, find who we like best in this bunch of women or men, right? Yeah. But Love is Blind is, like, there is, like, a kind of psychological reasoning for it that they're experimenting with. Like, it's like a, it's an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of it is really interesting because it makes you think about yourself. It makes you think, could I fall in love with someone without having ever seen them before? Yeah. Um, would I fall in love with someone just by having conversations? Like, yeah. Do you think you would? Like, you know, that's just the questions that I ask you. I'm going to ask you, you know, one question, and I'm going to answer it too before we wrap up this segment. What is your pitch for your version of Love is Blind? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Okay, okay, okay. So I know we were talking about this a little while ago. Um, I have come up with a new one, but my first original pitch is obviously always going one. to be... No, 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 no. I get more. <laughs> a queer version. You know, a queer version of everything is my pitch always. So queer love is blind. It is very heteronormative. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awfully so. Um, Which we can laugh at from afar. But I had another idea before. Uh And it's um, love is blind for the queer curious. Right. Okay. All right. So bear with me because I know you're getting a bit triggered. I am. So I'm falling away. I know know what you're going to say. And you're going to say that that is dangerous for people who are actually queer and then they're in there and they're just like maybe going to fall in love with someone who's just experimenting but that's not what I mean. I mean like every single person on that show has to be queer curious Mm -hmm. 
maybe even they're not allowed to have been in a heterosexual... Oh, they're, they're only ever... What am I trying to say? They're only ever allowed to have been... They in, haven't been in a queer relationship yet. Thank you. Why did why did I really struggle to get <laughs> that out? Why are you rad? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody seen Hamilton? That song's done. Um, oh, my God. So, okay. So... They they have never been in a queer relationship, but they've yeah. always been a little bit curious about their sexuality, but they've never been given the opportunity or they've never fallen into the opportunity of being able to explore their sexuality. And they're single, and they're like, let's see how we go. And so they get to date people of all genders... And explore that process ...in a blind together. pod kind of situation, right, right, right. and then see what happens. But then I also had another idea. You only get one. No, this is my... Th- I promise this is my final idea. God. This is my final idea. Um, they're in the pods, but the voices are distorted. So you don't know the gender of the person you're talking to and maybe falling in love with. And then it's like an even more surprise of a reveal when you get to see each other. I would fucking watch that. If someone is, if a producer is listening to this, get in touch with me. (laughs) I will help you make this show. Anyway. Would you watch it? Maybe. Oh, come on. You would watch it. (laughs) You watched Byron Bay's, for goodness sake. Yeah, I did watch Byron Bay's. Um, my pitch for a revamp to Love is Blind is with seniors. I want to see older people who are struggling to get out there in the dating world now that they are, you know, older, maybe their spouse has since passed away, you know, like maybe they're like Helen Garner and haven't had sex in 26 years. She said 24 years. Sorry, 24. (laughs) She said that, not me. At the Newcastle Writers Festival. So, you know, like maybe they're kind of like looking for an opportunity or maybe... You know, maybe they're not even looking for, like, you know, a sexual intimate relationship. Maybe they're just looking for companionship and they're trying to find somebody who can they can spend the rest of their goddamn days with and not, you know, like, be alone, have someone to pass the milk when they're having a cuppa. Yeah, I think that's a really cute yeah. idea. I still like mine better, but that's fine. Anyway. Yours is good, too. Anyway. Well, there we go. There's another segment of pop culture for this week, and thank God that one is over. Okay, everybody, if the audio has changed in this segment, that's because we almost got through recording an entire episode with no rain, and now it's bloody raining again, isn't yes. it? So if you can hear the rain, I'm sorry, but also let's just push through. Um, we'll wrap this up pretty quickly. We just wanted to give you an update on our country life because we know that you've been part of the journey mm. of us moving to the country where we don't know anyone and where there are don- donkeys loose on the road. Donkey. And <laughs> what was that? So well? Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. Oh dear. Um, so, Laura, how's country life going? I mean, it's tough to really give an accurate assessment because I feel like there's so many different factors involved. The weather has, like, really wreaked havoc on, like, Mm. experiencing country life. And so, basically, kind of like our routine is you work in Sydney three, sometimes four days a week, and then I'm usually here. And then we've also had, like, you especially have had significant things on in Newcastle. Like, you had to go and have your surgery in Newcastle. We had the Newcastle Writers Festival. There's been, you know, a multitude of things that especially you have been backwards and forwards. So. Mm. For me, it's kind of been like, it's been really rainy and I've kind of been like sitting in this cottage, like with nowhere to go yeah, and nothing to do and probably working too much. So I think that like a reflection is almost, you know, I haven't really had a chance to explore and invest in the community, which is so important when you first start 
you know, like when you first move to an area. You know, I've signed up for soccer and, you it know. It keeps I'm, being cancelled because of the rain. It keeps being cancelled because of the rain. And I'm like about to start volunteering for scouts, you know, because, like, hashtag hiking, but, like, because of all the rain, because of, like, logistics, and it's such a long, you know, process, and then Easter holidays, and it's just, like, so it's kind of like, you know, these things kind of, they get a little bit of momentum, and also, you know, the majority of the hiking trails are actually closed around here yeah, at the moment. Like, Fitzroy Falls isn't open at the moment. Like, Carrington Falls isn't open. So there's so many different places that are just closed off really and no one like no one really wants to leave the house when it's like this Mm. and you know we've got two kind of dogs who are just staring out at the window going why does the world hate me (laughs) but you know like it's been really lovely to live in like a nice kind of quiet house I've gotten I've been working a lot so it's been nice to have a good stable base for that but yeah I guess like that's really my summary of country life everyone is still really nice it's nice to see the trees change with the weather. Autumn is that beautiful lovely, here yeah. in the Southern Highlands. But, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard. Like, I have also struggled to answer that question when people have been asking me, like, you know, friends of mine, how's it going down there? And for me, the main problem I have with answering is that I honestly don't feel like I've been here very much. Yeah. Um, and that's, like you said, because... One thing that I have recognized that I didn't quite fathom before was that when you leave a place to mm. move somewhere else, those ties that you cut aren't necessarily clean cuts. You know, yeah. like, for example, I had my surgery for endometriosis recently. And yeah. the reason I had that in Newcastle was because my appointment, like my consultation was with a Newcastle surgeon and I made that appointment four months ago Hmm. before we even knew that we were moving. So yeah, that's, that's sort of difficult. And then obviously we have all of our friends and family are in Newcastle yeah. and you've had a friend been, who's just had a baby. You've yeah. had another friend who literally just had a baby, like baby showers, like all that kind of stuff has been going on um for the last few months and then the biggest thing as well is that we have the newcastle riders festival which you know we were chosen as guest curators for the newcastle riders festival at the end of 2020 for the 2021 festival which was of course cancelled because of covid and now it's finally happened so that really dragged on and it was amazing but it meant that we did have to be in newcastle more than we were expecting at this time so yeah and i think too the thing with the southern highlands is like it's close enough, but still far away. Mm. So it's not like if I feel like if we lived in Melbourne, the backwards and forwards probably wouldn't be happening in a sense. Like even yeah. if we had those things on, I feel like we would plan a bit better. But this way, it's like oh well, I'll just jump on the, in the car and it's three and a half hours and I'm home. But, yeah, especially you know, because I'm working in Sydney, and so if I'm in Sydney already and I finish work in Sydney on a Thursday and then on the Saturday yeah. a friend has a baby shower and it's an hour and a half from Sydney, then I'll usually stay in Sydney an extra day yep. or go to Newcastle for an and extra day stay. and then stay. And then next minute I haven't been home yeah, for, for 10 days. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, in the way that our kind of lives are structured, like, depending on what we're doing, it usually kind of swaps and changes. Like, sometimes it's been me that's been away for chunks of time. Sometimes it's been you you know, it's about to be me again, like I'm going to go and be working at Grove of the Moon for five days or so, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of, we do definitely swap and change, but it's just, yeah, it's, um, it is just that, it's that weird, like, it's close, but it's still, like, not. Yeah, because when I lived in Sydney and 
my friends were in Newcastle and my family was in Newcastle. That didn't really feel like that big a deal. Like that was yeah. actually really easy to manage. Um, but this is just that little bit further in the other direction, further south, you know, on the other side of Sydney. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, and I think one of the other things we've recognised is that there aren't a whole lot of people our age here who don't have children. Yeah. You know, so we've kind of, like, been, okay, how are we going to meet people? Who are we going to meet? Who's going to be our community here? We've literally, like, seen a young person across the road and accosted them and be like, excuse me, where do you hang out? Yeah, <laughs> and and a lot of the people who are our age, which is our early 30s, they have children and so they meet at the school other gate and they parents. meet other parents and yeah. it's like we don't have a whole lot in common at this point with those people, so... We've recognised that that's, like, there's a missing link there as well. Yeah. And maybe if we did have children, then it would be a little bit different for us. Um, and, yeah, like, honestly, it has made us question, like, yeah, we we did the right thing. It was yeah. a good move to kind of do something a little bit different and experiment and, like, go out on our own. And we love living in this beautiful, like, yeah. area with all the nature. And we're excited to explore when the rain fucks off for a little while. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, like, it's also made, like, would you agree that we've kind of recognised that this isn't our forever home? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I feel like, I think it was a really good time to recognise what it is that we need as people in terms of, like, what is it that we like to do and how can we surround ourselves in an area where that is possible, you know? Yeah, true. Like, I haven't even, I love yoga and I love Pilates and I haven't, like, there's no yoga and Pilates in this town. The closest is half an hour away and so if I'm going to go to a yoga class half an hour away I really have to plan yeah that into my week and because I'm already in Sydney a few days a week it's like there's not much time left yeah to be doing local yoga classes you know yeah and like you know for me like obviously I love hiking and stuff like that but I was obviously a, a very much a regular at the Falcon for example like I loved going there and I loved the community that in Newcastle you mean? in Newcastle that exists there and I just enjoy going to a very busy bar to read my book and not talk to anybody you know like that's such a big thing for me and I didn't really realize that and I don't have that opportunity here because obviously you know like rural pubs are are structured very differently than you know like a a hip kind of American style bar in Newcastle you know so and even like events and stuff like that like I love going to you know like a bit of poetry a bit of author talk like you know Mm. all of those kind of things but then it's not there's not really kind of happening here. Unless, you know, like, there's so much stuff um, going on in Wollongong, you know? Like, there's so much amazing stuff, especially poetry. Yeah, there's heaps and there's of stuff the new, like, there. South Coast Writers Festival, and you there's know, a South Coast Writers Centre there. Yeah, but then again, it's almost as far for us to get to Wollongong sometimes than it right. is to get home. So it's kind of... We can't just, like nip off and go to like the poetry slam which i have been to before which i absolutely loved shout out to everybody who runs that poetry slam in wollongong but you know like it's it's not easy for us and especially if you're Mm. working in sydney Mm. it's i can't like because we've got two dogs so i can't just like hop on the car and kind of be gone Mm. for six hours or whatever um you know so Yeah, yeah it's really interesting like it has been an amazing learning curve to discover all of these things and discover what is important to us and what we value in terms of our lifestyle because we already had an idea of that kind of thing like we knew we wanted to slow down our lifestyle a little bit which is why moving to a country town was attractive and we do love that part of it but at the same time like the reality is that we're in a really busy work period of our lives um both of us and so it's look it's like was this the most convenient thing that we could have done yeah 
um, is move far away from our community and our support networks when we're so busy and probably not, but like we wouldn't have known if we didn't at least try. So basically we're just going to stick around here and get to know the area and have fun and treat it like a little holiday. Yeah. Um, until we see, who knows, yeah, though. we don't know like... where the wind is going to blow us. <laughs> As they say. As they say in Pocahontas. <laughs> Is that your home and away audition? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I will be uh, available by email if anybody really enjoyed that. Also, if any of the viewers would like to see Amy Lovett's original um, home and away audition. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I can procure that. I, I can't. People are probably like, oh, ha, ha, ha. That's not a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. If I did audition seen, for home and away. <laughs> if anyone has seen Lord of the Rings. That's um, enough. Please stop talking. <laughs> I don't want to give them any more visuals than they need. It's Galadriel. Okay. Stop it's- it. I can't believe you just revealed that. There's very private information. I think we should round it out there so Let's that um, we can out. have a private conversation where I get mad at Laura <laughs> off air. No, we're going to hear you argue, argue in the country, doll. Anyway, thank you so much for being here for this long-awaited next episode of Reading Makes You Better in Bed. Um, hopefully we do get to record some more frequent episodes if this rain will stay away. Um, next episode, speaking yeah. of next episodes, we're going to talk about how to decide what to read next when yeah. there are teetering TBR piles next to your bed, why we're all obsessed with con artists at the moment, yeah. and the gayest things we've ever done. Thanks for listening to Reading Makes You Better in Bed with Amy and Laura from Secret Book Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a lit review, and you can find us at secretbookstuff.com. I think you're too old to say that now, Dar. This podcast was recorded on the unceded lands of the Gundungara people. We pay our respects to First Nations elders, past, present, and emerging. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I forget what I'm supposed to say. Shit. What are we talking just, about again? You just create bloopers out of your own pocket. No, I'm confused because of the rain. Hi, everybody. It is me, Laura Kebby, and I'm here with you, also with Amy Lovett, and we are both from Secret Book Stuff. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs>